0: Patriots Daily is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network.
1: By my friend, the fabulous Mike Cadlick, Here to take some mailback questions from earlier in the week. Take any questions you all have live. Appreciate you waiting on us. We uh, record another show for you, which will yeah. be very soon, our gambling prediction show. Uh, but the latest news in Patriots world, we got the injury report. We did. So taking a look, uh, new edition. We had trent brown who popped up with a chest injury which is interesting because we actually saw him in the locker room he seemed fine nothing seemed odd or anything like that uh mike do you have any really big thoughts on
2: that one yeah um well i mean we were talking first of all thank you for having me i appreciate it uh, <laughs> good right to, in. uh yeah no it's all good we like you said we just got the news good to be back on the uh on the old press pass for a nice live show i uh i definitely miss uh you know being with being with y'all and being on the uh, show for thank you for having me but as far as trent brown goes um look i I wouldn't look too much into it like i think he's going to play um i don't think this is going to keep him out um it's sort of probably just whether it's precautionary or whether it's just them like oh he had to leave practice because something happened they throw him on the injury report so they don't get in trouble or find or what have you it's it feels like it's just them jumping through hoops i don't see it being a big deal um if it does become a big deal that could look uh that could Obviously, be tough because they're uh, they're in the disarray that they're in right now. But no, I don't see it being a problem. I think Trent's probably going to be good to go on Sunday. Yeah, and then just due
1: diligence. I'm I'm on the same page. I don't really I'm not reading into it too much until it's something that we have to uh, take more seriously. And just due diligence. The rest of the injury report: Christian Barmore questionable with a knee injury. He was kind of rotating a bit at nose tackle with Devon Godshaw last week with Daniel Aquale being out. And then some other guys. we got uh, obviously Trent Brown again. Cody Davis – He's somebody, along with Trey Flowers, they both came off the PUP list, so obviously they're still going through some things. We don't know what the status is yet on when they'll return. Devon Godshaw with the ankle, we knew about that one. Jonathan Jones, who Mark Daniels of Mass Live actually uh, reported today. He's nearing his return, uh, which would make it so that he didn't miss the four games he would have missed if he was placed on short-term injured reserve, which probably is why he was out for three games. Riley Reef still with the knee. He was taken off of injured reserve, uh, still not active on the roster. They have the 21-day window for practice. Ramondre Stevenson on the injury report with a thigh. Cole Strange still with the knee. And Sean Wade still with the shoulder injury. Uh, before we get into the questions, any other thoughts on the injury report? Anything that worries you about
2: of the status of any of the players heading into this game? Um, Not necessarily. Just, you know, again, looking through it, I think, obviously, um, Gonzalez and Judon, that's they just have to be there because they're not on IR yet. I'm sure they will be placed on IR um, by Sunday so that they can make some more roster move moves, which will probably include like a Trey Flowers elevation or some sort of some sort. I think he'll come off PUP and end up being active because they need the depth on the de- on the defensive line now that Judon's out. Um, yeah, Jonathan Jones. I was curious if he would come off the report today, given you mm-hmm. know Mark's report and given what Bill told us this morning uh during his press conference the fact that he's you know he's gearing up it looks like he's gonna be out there and uh gonna be playing soon but um no pretty much business as usual i'm curious to see if riley reef potentially uh, is another one of those guys that comes off um ir given that you know he opened his practice window and the offensive line has been sort of a, a mismatch throughout the last four weeks so look you're not going to really be messing with anything if you try and plug him in because um it's sort of been a, a cluster anyway so give him a chance and See what happens there. So, uh, no, the only the only real one I, I would say is I, I feel like Trey Flowers is probably gearing up towards playing football sometime soon.
1: Fingers crossed with the loss of Matt Judon. Uh, But, yeah, so we'll dive into questions. I'm sure we're going to end up touching on some of these things again uh, with the questions that were asked. So, yeah, Amit, whichever one you want to start us off with, throw it up. And also anybody in the chat, if there's anything that you'd like us to address, we should have time towards the end. uh, Or if it's relevant to the topic, to address some things. So feel free to fire away and let us know what you've got. Uh, So, all right, so number one, from a Pats fan, that's appropriate, considering how Mac is playing – Plus tough schedule plus injuries equals Patriots might have a top five pick next year. Would you draft a tackle and help Mac or draft a quarterback and move on? Mike, how oh are you boy. feeling
2: about this one? Uh, I go back and forth with it all the time. You know, Amit knows. The our whole crew knows. I'm a Mac <laughs> guy. I try and defend Mac through and through. Um, I think because with the right system and with the right pieces around him, uh, he can be a good quarterback. Uh having said that, top five pick. I think I'd probably go with the with the quarterback here. I think, you know, the way the NFL is played nowadays, it's not strictly pocket passing. You talk you look at some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. You're Pat Mahomes, uh, Jalen Hurts and um Josh Allen. Like they can work their feet, they can use their legs. So I look at a guy like Caleb Williams and he's just the next big thing. He's the He's the quarterback, and he's the prototypical quarterback you want to play with. So, look, if they have a chance to take Caleb Williams, I think everybody in the world would say it's a no-brainer. Guys, you know, a little bit down the line, like your Drake Mays and your Michael Penix and those guys, not as much of, you know, uh, playmakers with their legs, but I think they have that sort of dynamic playmaking capabilities. Um, So, yeah, I would probably go with the quarterback. I think, uh, yeah, a tackle would help Mac, but at the end of the day, he's just – it hasn't really been cutting it lately. So I think they should probably start fresh.
1: Yeah. Top five pick. I think if you are in that range, then quarterback, like you need somebody to guide your franchise. I thought Mac, you know, I thought this was the season where he proved whether or not he could potentially be that. I thought that would mean consistent play, not turning the ball over being a reason that the team is at least competitive in games, which through two weeks I thought he was. And I really thought he was on a pretty positive trajectory, but then against the jets, obviously, Bad conditions. J.T. O'Sullivan at the quarterback school, who does a fantastic job, broke down how he had plenty of good moments along with some moments where you're like, eh, you know, this. Ed Hackett passes some that just looked like weird disconnects. So then you're thinking, okay, in Dallas, he's got perfect conditions. Let's see what he can do. Right. And then obviously had the worst game of his probably his entire football career. So because that game was so bad, it makes me a little skeptical over whether or not not only is he a franchise quarterback, but is he somebody that you really want playing even beyond this year if you are in position to get a quarterback? So, yeah, I feel like quarterback's a no-brainer. Offensive line, I think they still need help, but at the same time, like, if you got to pay a guy, sure. If you got to pay a tackle, if you got to pay a receiver, obviously we know Belichick's philosophy. He isn't really going out to throw a lot of assets at those positions necessarily, but at the same time, quarterback is the highest-paid position by far in the league.
2: Yeah, the only That's guy the I would right, the only thing I would say that would maybe sway me away from the quarterback is um if let's say, you know, this this season continues to go on this trajectory and they keep losing games, but we continue to see the Mac Jones we saw in weeks 1 and 2 where it's like close mm-hmm. games, potentially has it, you know, he's not um like lighting, you know, lighted the game on fire like he did in Dallas, where he's making the right decisions, but everything else around him isn't working, then maybe you go for Marvin Harrison Jr. from Ohio State, who's like a top flight wide receiver one immediately once he steps on the NFL field. Maybe in that situation you go for something like that. I don't – but other than that, no, I think it's – you go with the QB. All
1: right, so I think we are agreed. Got to go quarterback. Yeah. And I think that's either way. Sorry, Mac. (laughs) <laughs> Even if that plays well, I think that's just good business. So, yes, All I right, Amit, what we got next on the docket. From Willionaire. That's cool. If the Patriots go one in five, how hot does BBC become? To me, means Bill Belichick. Yes. The rumor is Mayo is the successor, but do we really want another defensive-minded coach when the offense has been so bad mm-hmm. post-Brady? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll take this one to start. Okay. I think Bill seat, I've been one of the people saying that it was kind of ridiculous that he would be on the hot seat after like, yes, last season was bad, but for the most part, he was held some pretty tough hands. Um, Although I think last year was pretty much heavily self-inflicted. And the reason why it's like, all right, he may not be in the best position, but it's like, if he repeats last season, yeah, it's fair to say he's on the hot seat. I didn't think that'd be a possibility, but here we are. Um, And I think now it's starting to, We're starting to see the effect of I still didn't think they should have overpaid for a right tackle, but they didn't have a planet tackle, period, which is where I think a lot of the blame falls. And then I was one of the people who thought that he, Mac Jones, could get by if he had a lot of consistent veterans. Now, one, I don't think a lot of those veterans are either performing the way we expected or being used the way we expected. But at the same time, it doesn't matter if this team like if Mac Jones has another game like he had last week, or we have another performance where they get their blow doors blown off. Mm-hmm. I do think that we're looking at legitimate chance that Bill Belichick loses his job, steps down, whatever they however they want to phrase it. I think we're going to see Mayo step into that role. I think the whole defensive minded coach thing is overrated because the defense isn't the reason this team is losing games like the right. defense has been a major reason that they've been competitive for the past couple years, few years, despite bad quarterback play and i mean josh mcdaniels is a head coach right now and if he comes back do you want him as your head coach like you know i i really don't think it matters if you have a good coordinator (laughs) right like if you have a good coordinator if you have good leadership if you have somebody who knows how to run an offense i think that's more important than whether or not that person's head coach
2: yeah um just sort of i guess reading the tea leaves i wrote about this a little bit earlier this week um just about how how much and you know when will enough be enough I guess for Robert Kraft uh with his organization because you know he spoke in March uh at the owners meetings with a bunch of reporters that were out there and basically said look I want to win I want to make the playoffs this is a winning type of business I want to win and he said like again he said he wanted to make the playoffs like three or four times he was even asked about that Don Schuler record uh and said look we're not here so our Players get stats. We're here to win football games. So I really want to make the postseason. So Mm -hmm. if you read into what he said and you trust Robert Kraft with the decision he wants to take his team, if they don't make the playoffs, he's probably going to want to make changes. Um, Another thing he did say back then, and I know, look, like I know we're taking quotes from March and things change over the course of several months, but um, it still sort of tells the story on where his mind is at, you know, from a business perspective and where he is on his team. Um, So that's that. The other thing he did say, Or two more things he said really was, um, I don't want to make a change just to make a change. I've learned in my business ventures that you make a change if there's something better out there and there's a better option out there. Mm -hmm. And then he followed up later saying, Gerard Mayo is a great head coach. We want to keep him around or Gerard Mayo is going to be a head coach in this league. We love him and we want to keep him around long term. Put those all together if they don't make the postseason and he thinks Gerard's a better option, Mayo's gonna be the next head coach. Like that's sort of just the way this lines up, right? And so I don't know if they're gonna fire Bill midseason. Like, I don't think you're gonna see him walk out the door when they go one and five, but um, I think you're gonna see <laughs> if they go one and five, excuse me. I'm sorry, but yeah, I'm just I'm using their question. If the Patriots yeah. go one and five, how hot does the seat become? I think the seat's already kind of hot, I think it's already getting there if they get to one and five and it's, you know, a complete unwinding unraveling, like we've seen his seat's going to get hotter. And I think that Mayo talk is going to start to get very real. um, And it's going to start to get real, not just at the end of the season, but like literally in, in November, if they do get to one and five.
1: Yeah. I, and the point that you made where Kraut said, like, I don't want to make a change, make a change. I feel like right. a lot of the, like, fire Bill talk the past few years has been mostly that. It's like, okay, you don't want Bill Belichick, but who do you want? Exactly. But now that we know that there is some kind of succession plan in place, obviously Matt Groh is in a position where he could possibly take over for Bill as a general manager. Yep. It's no longer like, okay, but who is going to step up on this staff? Like, we don't really know what it is. They've laid it out for us made it very obvious. So right. now it's I think, there. You, Yeah, you have to start taking it seriously, especially – right. Right. And and th- especially this season where all the talk was like, all right, they've got everything. They've got the offensive coordinator. You know, they're missing some pieces. But if Mac Jones is that guy, you should still be doing pretty well. And, you know, Bill is more of a defensive guy, more of a special teams guy. He has his hand in everything, but we know he's more hands off with the offense. Right. So there's a part of you that says okay, well if the offense is the reason they're losing, then that's not really on Bill necessarily, but when it's turnovers and when the right. offense is actively losing you games and it feels like more of a discipline thing and they're just not executing in big situations, that trickles down from the head coach. If you're turning the ball over, that's that starts at the top. So right. I, you know, yeah, I kind of talking around it again, but I I do think this may be a situation. If things keep getting bad or get worse or don't get significantly better, we Bill Belichick. And
2: what a way for his his tenure to end, should it go that way? Like, you know, there's this clear breaking point between him and Brady. And it's truly too bad because I do believe Bill is the greatest coach of all time. And he's one of Mm -hmm. the best football minds to walk this planet. But it hasn't been great since Tom left. And the fact that there's a chance that it spirals this badly and he does not catch that Shula record because of how bad he's been post Tom. It's, it is, it's a tough look for him and it's, it's kind of too bad because again, I have oodles of respect for that guy. And I think he's the greatest coach, you know, potentially of all time. So tough, tough. here.
1: And I think the debate over, like, well, he couldn't have done it without Brady and all those things, like, I think those are sports bar arguments where, like, sure, it's right, fun to right. talk about. But realistically, it just boils it down into a place where it's almost like a useless conversation because of clearly course. neither one of them would have had the success they had without the other. Like, right. they're both brilliant at what they do and both brought out the best in each other, yada, yada, yada. But, yeah, man, like, just – again, just for the sake of debate, it's going to be really hard. Yeah. It, can you rationally explain it yes but it's going to be tough to be like yeah it was it was still a lot of belichick that had to do with all those wins because it just it looks so so bad before we get to the next question though we got to pay those bills throw it to our friends at franduel amit please and thank you
0: snap into action this nfl season with FanDuel, america's number one sports book right now new customers Get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21-plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800- GAM1234.
1: All right. Let's move on to another question because Bill Belichick 1 in 5 talk is making me anxious. Yeah. All right. Month the masshole. The narrative used to be that this team loses to good teams but can beat up on bad teams. What is your take on this one? With this line, QB depleted secondary, and without Judon, I think we will be lucky to win three to four games this season. I do think there's some truth to them beating up on the bad teams and their inability to beat the good teams. I feel like it's just assumed that they don't play well against good quarterbacks. I think the reality is that good quarterbacks know they have to play some of their best games against a Bill Belichick coach defense. And I think the offense has put them in some very tough positions where if you had an offense that could put up like 25, 28 points a game, it's very different. And these games right. play out differently because the offense takes advantage of opportunities and the defense gets the key stops when it needs to, the way we typically see. But I think that, again, without the quarterback position or without the offensive stability to compete in those games, I think it is valid that, no, I mean, if you look at the record, they're not beating good teams. And it's not even a one-off thing. Right. Now it's become a pattern. Um, and, yeah, I, I I think they're going to win more than three to four games. Like, I just can't see a Bill Belichick team being that bad when, yeah, they've lost Judon and Christian Gonzalez, those are big holes. But the defense wasn't good because of them. They helped make it an elite defense. So I still think this is going to be a good defense where – The offense doesn't shoot itself in the foot. There's plenty of winnable games in the schedule. Um, So I don't think it's quite that bad, but I would like to see them finally beat a team where you don't go into it saying, oh yeah, this is the Patriots have a break this week. Finally. So yeah, I, I do think they really need to step it up, but I think we'll see more than three or four wins.
2: Yeah, I think so too. I think we'll see a little bit more than that um, from a wins total, but I looking at that sort of narrative that even, you know, as much as people may have shot it down and the idea that, you know, well, the quarterback played this way against that team. Like for the sake of discussion, that sort of split down the middle of good quarterback loss, bad quarterback win. Mm-hmm. That could still be their narrative for this season if you want to continue to take it that way. Yeah. And if you want to look at it through that lens, because Jalen Hurts, good quarterback loss. Tua, good quarterback loss. Zach Wilson, bad quarterback win. Dak, you know the drill. Dak's a good quarterback. They lose, or they win rather. Uh, what do you make of Derek Carr? Because last year. They lost the Derek Carr game. I think people sort of lumped Carr into that good quarterback mix, even though they lost that game on the Jacoby Myers mishap and the Chandler Jones thing. So I I don't know what I make of Derek Carr, really. Like, I think he's a serviceable quarterback that can sort of get it done in the right situation. But that, you know, that Saints situation is not the right situation for him right now. They're one of the three worst offenses in football. That's the Patriots and the Raiders in that mix, oddly enough. Um, But. If that's your narrative, I think that this should be a winnable game for them. Um, As far as the depleted secondary and being without Judon, uh, I think that is going to hinder their defense. I think, you know, the one real bright spot of this team so far was Christian Gonzalez. I think the idea that they brought him in, he fell to them at 17. He was a plug and play cornerback one. Um, They're going to hurt in that department moving forward. Yes, you bring in JC Jackson. Yes, you get Jonathan Jones back. Yes, you might get Jack Jones back, but... At the end of the day, none of them are better than Christian Gonzalez. So that's going to sort of, you know, go down a step. And then uh, looking at where Judon is and that sort of room, I think you need a lot from Josh Uche here. He had a career year last year being that number two to Judon. So now you got to, you know, see what he can really do and really bring uh, as that pass rusher number one, if you will. Um, so to answer the question, I think they'll probably get a little bit more than three to four wins, but they're going to have to, mm-hmm. you know, really start to bang out some of those hard nose games if they want to get to it.
1: Fingers crossed, man. I don't know. Yeah. I <laughs> like almond has been joking around that this these next two weeks might not be great, dog. I I don't know if the
2: fan base
1: would be able to handle. Well, that.
2: Well, that's the thing too. It's like okay, you look at these two games, and it's it's the Saints and the Raiders, two winnable mm-hmm. games. Right now, you're one and three. If you win those games, all of a sudden you're three and three, you're five hundred. Then everyone starts talking about oh, well they can sneak into the playoffs again. Mac has a couple good games. The defense looks good. And they start to, you know, they take an identity of well, no one's coming to save us. The T-shirts mm-hmm. and the guys go out, and nobody comes to save them, and they still play pretty good. So, if that's the case, you might sort of start to get momentum. But if they if they do lose one or two of these games, I, it might really unravel right in front of their eyes. So,
1: and the yeah. Saints aren't a bad football team. I don't think right. that uh, the Raiders are lacking in terms of a lot of their talent, but I, the Saints especially—they're not a bad team. So I don't think losing to them is one of those like whoa. You're losing. I, I think it's all right. The defense is going to do its job, right. but can the offense do enough uh, to get them enough points? And the Raiders, like, they got to win that sure. one. That's just point blank, period. Uh, all right, Amit, what we got next up? From Fight, White should be a critical piece with Judon out, and Mills may play more corner with Gonzalez out. Which gap in the defense are you more concerned about? You want to take this one first?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um... And I'm going on the fly here. I'm kind of trying to think of what what I, th- you know, what I think there because I think, um, if I look at the answers they've given themselves to these problems, where you bring in JC Jackson, uh, Jack Jones could come back, but he obviously hasn't been there yet. Um, I think they think that their bigger gap is corner. I think they think they can get by along the defensive line. Because you have Trey Flowers in the building, you have Josh Uche, um, and you sort of have answers to the test there, I think they don't think they have answers at corner. So I'm going to trust mm. them, and I'm going to go with cornerback because they sort of pulled the fire along with the J.C. Jackson thing. Um, J.C. has not been great since he left here. I'm not saying he can't come in and be great again, but mm. he has to get reacclimated. He has to get his head back on his shoulders, and he has to you know, ball out like he was when he was missed interception here two years ago. Can he do that? We'll see. But it was – Big time panic button at the cornerback room, and they sort of just let the defensive line come in. And you know, Trey Flowers rises to the top on PUP list and you go from there. So I am personally more concerned with the cornerback room.
1: I would agree. I think they've got enough depth at defensive line that they yeah. should be okay, like especially if Trey Flowers comes back. Then you at least have a veteran who you can trust to be in a Judon type role. I think Flowers is more of a guy who's got inside out versatility, whereas Judon really only an edge, but he's an every down edge, which is something we really lack outside of like a Flowers or a Keon White. But even still, like you got Anthony Jennings, who's great on early downs. You got Josh Uche, who's a great pass rusher. So I feel like they still have enough talent. Whereas, like you said, at cornerback, the injuries are just really scare you because. Yeah. JC Jackson. Not only is he still not fully healthy, but he's going to have to shake some rust off from his time in LA because I do think he legitimately did regress. Wasn't used in the best way either. I do want to be fair to him in that respect. Mm -hmm. But there were definitely some uh, some issues there that I don't think that one game back in Foxborough is necessarily going to iron out. We'll see how. I was going to say even if.
2: Sorry to cut you off, but mm. sort of jumping on that point, like even if even if it was a scheme thing and it's not all on him, he's still not gonna be able to just jump in right to where he was, you know, a year and a half ago and just play that stellar mm. football like it was. Like that's gonna take time. He's gonna have to get reacclimated. So exactly
1: yeah, exactly. So you know, that's still up in the air. Uh Jonathan Jones, he's good, but he's I, I think you can't know until you see him out on the field, out there consistently. So he's great when he's out there. We all know that. But I'm worried about whether or not he's going to hold up the rest of the season. Then Sean Wade. I think he filled in admirably, but he did see issues in coverage at times. His pursuit angles, his tackling, uh, sometimes just like the instincts. Like he's fine when routes break into his leverage when he's in off coverage, but he can get turned around because he doesn't always keep his eyes on the receiver's hips when you're looking at the head. Good receivers are going to throw in some fakes and get you behind. That happens to him pretty often. And then Miles Bryant. Like, I think he's having one of the best scenes of his career. He's really stepped up. Been put in a couple tough spots when he's had to cover Jalen Waddle and CeeDee Lamb solo outside. But for the most part, I mean, he's been really, really consistent. So I, I – I I I want him to be back in the slot where I think he's more comfortable, right. uh, but still, like he's been put in positions where he doesn't, he is not at his best, and I think that's once again because of the corner depth. And if J.C. and Jonathan Jones, who are now your two best corners, are injury concerns. It's just a situation that really scares me. I thought Jalen Mills actually performed really well really well in the slot uh, yeah. when he was called upon. I think he's just got the instincts and physicality to really thrive there. So that's one of the few bright spots, I think, at the position, although we're not sure how he's going to be deployed and if his playing time is actually going to see an uptick now that they've got J.C. But, yeah, I, I definitely think the cornerback – is a scarier position, yeah. especially considering it's not a position where you rotate guys like the defensive line. This is you're on the field with every single play, run, pass, critical situations. So I think that's got to be uh, at the top of the list. So 100%. moving on, we're gonna start taking. Unless you got something else you want to add, Mike?
2: <clears throat> no, that's not just uh, okay. cornerback. I think you know you talk about it. Like Gonzalez played every single snap at corner besides the one touchdown in the Jets game, and yeah. all of a sudden he's gone. Like that's gonna be much more of an adjustment than a rotational position.
1: Too busy this fall to cook but want to make sure you're eating well? With Factor, skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping, prepping and cleaning up while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality you need. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy, then get back to crushing your goals. Adjust your stride this autumn without missing a step. Choose from 34 plus weekly flavor packed, fresh, never frozen meals, ready to eat in two minutes. Level up with Gourmet Plus options, prepared perfection by chefs and ready to eat in record time. Treat yourself to upscale meals with premium ingredients like broccolini, leeks, truffle butter, and asparagus. Too busy running around during the day to think about lunch? Keep your energy up with Lunch To Go. Effortless, wholesome meals like grain bowls and salad toppers that are ready to eat when you're on the go. No microwave required. Looking for calorie conscious options during the busy season? Try delicious dietitian approved calorie smart meals with around or less than 500 calories per serving. Need an extra boost to support your wellness goals and feel your best as you tackle a busy autumn? Try protein plus meals with 30 grams of protein or more per serving. Round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 45 plus add-ons, including breakfast items like our delicious apple cinnamon pancakes, bacon and cheddar egg bites, and potato bacon and egg breakfast skillet. Or, for an easy wellness boost, try refreshing beverage options like cold-pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies. With Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. We offset 100% of our delivery emissions, source 100% renewable electricity for our production sites and offices, and feature sustainably sourced seafood in our meals. This October, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door, ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. Head to FactorMeals.com/PatsDaily50 and use code PatsDaily50 to get 50% off. That's code PatsDaily50 at FactorMeals.com/PatsDaily50 to get 50% off. So, yeah. So, yep. Now, Amit, uh, we're gonna start taking some live questions as. More than to thank you for tuning in with us also. You guys asked some pretty great questions. So, we'll thanks start everybody. with this is fun. Would this team be better with Justin Fields? Which is an interesting oh. question considering, <laughs> I mean considering oh, the it's 2021 Brian. class. It's Brian. Oh, it is, bro. I didn't even look at the name.
2: Oh, oh thanks, man. Buddy. that's good thanks stuff. Buddy. Yep. stirring
1: the pot over here well I mean the 2021 class like I've been tweeting about it they had yeah. a pretty great week and uh Mac Jones is kind of an outlier I, it's still hilarious <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right.
2: but right. uh yeah
1: Mike I'll let you I'll let you take this one away
2: yeah um <laughs> I don't know this was our topic of conversation all day today this Friday afternoon uh at Gillette Stadium um I don't know if they would be, I think he, I don't know how he fits their, you know, this O'Brien system. So I don't know whether you bring him in and you plug him, plug and play. I don't know if I necessarily like the fit. Um, I still trust Mac a little bit. I know Justin Fields has had two great games for Chicago. um, And I know Mac obviously struggled this week. Uh, So again, I don't want to give up Mac. I don't want to give up on Mac yet in comparison to Justin Fields. I think Mac has the potential to be better than Justin Fields. Um, we're obviously looking at it in sort of a a smaller microscope, but sort of like a smaller sample size, I guess, if you will, um, because Fields has played so well, Mac's been so bad. Uh, so I'm going to stick to my guns and I'm going to say no, they wouldn't be better just yet. But I want to hear what you have to say.
1: I mean. Shoot. We saw what Billio did with uh Deshaun Watson. We saw what he even did with Malik Cunningham in a very small sample yeah, size.
2: That's true. I think it
1: could be interesting. I don't think he fits what the Patriots want. Like that's why they didn't pick him. I think right. the down to down consistency just isn't there. Um obviously the upside is through the roof. So Right. Uh, man I I, I want to <laughs> say yes, but I I know I'm being a prisoner of the moment. And plus, to be fair, like the Bears actually tried to surround Chesterfield with talent and they're finally using him the way he's supposed to be used. So, you know, would he be doing much better with this Patriots team? I think he gives you some big runs and I think he definitely provides more playmaking ability in that sense. But I mean, I, I, I don't see the team being much better off because I think you'd also get more negative plays. Uh, he's also looked
2: great. He's also looked great the last two weeks, and he has DJ more than yeah. he's throwing the football to. DJ, exactly. DJ Moore has been unbelievable, and yeah. he'd come here and he wouldn't have a DJ Moore. He wouldn't have the weapons he has in Chicago. And the weapons in Chicago aren't even that great, but they're better than they have here. So
1: yeah. let's stick
2: with back for now. Excellent point. Yeah.
1: Thank you so much for yeah, chiming thanks, in, Brian. Brian. We appreciate it. I'll <laughs> <laughs> see you someday. Uh, what are your thoughts on the perpetual eight and nine we seem to be at, and the fact that we will never. Be bad enough under Belichick to get a top five pick. Uh, thank you, Alec. I'll take this one away real yeah. quick because I'm kind of throwing the last few at you. Um, I mean, it's not fun for sure. <laughs> like, yeah. sports are supposed to be an escape, and eight and nine when you're obviously Patriots fans. Spoiled a little bit because there's been a lot of success, so the standard's a little different. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's been tough, and I the idea of not getting a top five pick, it's that double edged sword where if you're not right. good enough to be in the playoffs, you'd like at least to get some hope. Um, so it's yeah, it's a tough position to be in. Um, but at the same time, if they get a top five pick. You know, I, as we've already talked about, the Belichick era might be over anyway, yeah. and that would be it going down kind of in flames, but it'd be the start of a new era. So honestly, if it's, I'm conflicted, I'm conflicted. It's been a few years and I yeah. kind of miss, I miss playoff wins. So yeah, it, it's like, like, what are my thoughts? My thoughts are it sucks, but if
2: if it's going to be bad, I would prefer to get a top five. pick. I think so too. I think you're sort of sitting in that like NFL purgatory here where Um, you're not good enough to make the playoffs, or at least even if you, when you make the playoffs that one year you get knocked out in the first round, but then your floor is like seven, eight wins. And so you don't bring in, you don't have the opportunity to bring in that generational franchise altering quarterback, even Mac Jones. He was the fifth quarterback taken at pick 15. And so like, and you know, but Mac has, you know, I've said a million times, Mac's gotten screwed. It's not all on him, but. He was the fifth quarterback taken in his draft class. Like, he was not Trevor Lawrence. He was not, you know, the potential of Zach Wilson. He was not the potential of Justin Fields. He was Mac Jones. And so um, you never really get that chance if you continue to middle. So it's sort of like, you know, again, you're not that great. You're not that bad. You kind of just get those average players at pick 15. Luckily, you get a Christian Gonzalez to fall to you. But um no I think that the perpetual eight and nine Alec that you mentioned it's a tough spot to be in and you'd again you'd almost rather get that one maybe two year full reset of really bad you bring in two generational talents whether it's like a, a, a one defender one quarterback or you know take your pick right but like those two guys that can really change the direction of your franchise you maybe get a new coach in here somewhere and I'm not just saying this towards pay you know towards the Patriots I'm talking just NFL in general when you go hit that floor The coaching clearly isn't working, and you get that full reset and you get that new rebrand. The Patriots aren't in that position because they don't feel like firing Belichick after average seasons, and they're not they're not bad enough to get that top five pick. So it is uh, it's a tough spot to be in. You'd rather get to the bottom for sure.
1: They get a top five pick. Do they have
2: to do that logo change that's going around uh, social media? Yeah, full rebrand. Yeah. Sure. Well, the last one, Brady left, they redid the jerseys. So now if you, you get rid of Mac and you get a new quarterback, then you might have to redo everything, especially with Mayo coming in here. Maybe he'll have a maybe he'll have a say in what colors or what new color scheme and everything they want to do. The bloody glove gang. You gotta yeah. go back to the Reds, baby. Please right. and thank you.
1: Everybody loves it. I feel like that's a great way to start a new era. Love that drink. All right. Let me take it. One more question from the audience. Amit. What do we got? What do you got? That got. TJ Pinder. Are you guys disappointed with Mike Gasicki so far? Looks like he only gets open when he's gotten in the coverage and then looks for the out of bounds after his catch. You want to take this one? Or you want me to start?
2: Yeah, um, I'm disappointed in just about everything on the offense, and you can loop Mike Gasicki right into that. Like he doesn't, you know, he's no exception. Um mm-hmm. the two sort of difference makers that they tried to bring in at playmaker in Juju and Gasicki have both been uh disappointing compared to what we expected they've gotten in the red zone this Patriots team and Mike Kosicki's supposed to be that you know dynamic red zone threat that you bring in to pair with Hunter Henry I think he has one target in the red zone and it was an overthrow that maybe he could have caught maybe whatever you can you can debate that all you want but um yeah no it it has been disappointing I think uh again same with Juju though two guys that you want to bring in and sort of revamp your offense with new play caller you know, rejuvenated, rejuvenated Mac Jones, and uh, Kasicki just hasn't been it so far. So um, I'm not completely writing him off yet. I think he's still a talented football player. I think he can be um, an option and a good option in a good offense, but I've definitely been uh, disappointed in what we've seen from him so far.
1: I think I've been disappointed more in his use. Like, he's okay. being used a ton as a blocker, and I thought it was an effort thing maybe, and that he would change that here because that just wouldn't be tolerated, but I really just don't think he's a good blocker at this point his career like it truly I've I've learned it is what it is at this point um and then I think that his use has gotten better like last week they used him more downfield and it seemed like he was more of a centerpiece in the offense which I did like because I think he's just not been used nearly enough downfield considering his size his catch radius his hands and all that um in terms of production I can't really be mad like most of the guys catches go for first downs Um, he's doing the best he can with the pass that have been thrown to him. I don't think he's getting like a ton of separation necessarily, but considering not a lot of people are, I think he's been one of their better separators. Mm -hmm. Um, especially as a guy who he's never really covered because of that size and everything like that. So, Use, yes, I would say I'm disappointed with Mike he Also, just execution as a blocker, but again, that's not really his calling it's card. His I think they're trying, right. yeah, and it's just not working. I hope sooner or later that becomes something where they're like, all right, we got to figure something else out, whether it's him blocking on RPOs or yeah. he has a size advantage, or something like that. But like when he's in the trenches, I just don't really think he's much of a viable target there. Um, yeah, that pretty much wraps it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can't think of anything else about Mike Kasicki. I don't want to trash on the guy yeah. anymore.
2: He's, well, that's the thing. thing. You like it, Sorry, you know, to to jump mm-hmm. down your throat again here, but like the I say yes because I've been disappointed in the whole offense. Like, I'm not necessarily mm-hmm. trashing on Kasiki. The whole thing's just right. been bad, and he's just sort of been involved and he's gotten sort of, I guess, you know, taken taken not the brunt of it, because everybody, you know, they just haven't been great. And so neither yeah. is he. And it's tough. <laughs>
1: But hopefully this week will be the turning point for the Patriots' offense. It is a tough Saints defense, but with Max back against the wall, hoping to see a career best performance from him after last week. I think we all know what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but thank it. you all so it. much. Need it. We all need it. Uh, thank you all so much. Seriously, for tuning in, I really appreciate it. We're going to try to start doing these live billbacks more often. Definitely going to have Mike back on. Have a lot of fun with you as always, buddy. Um, and thank Thanks you for, for having the, me. Of course, of course, we love you so much. Uh, Thank you for your questions in the chat, your interactions in the chat. Again, tuning in. We love you guys. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Enjoy the weekend. We will see you next time. Peace.